0: Both the U.K. and U.S. have been on the world stage recently. London was the host of this year's Olympic Games and not only introduced the world to Great Britain's world-class athletes, but to its art, music, and culture as well. The U.S. is also introducing the world to the best it has to offer. It turns out Cinnabon, the American chain of baked goods stores and kiosks, is now selling a version of its signature 1,000-calorie cinnamon roll with melted cheese and pepperoni on top. <laughs> a Cinnabon pizza. Ugh. Long may she wave. Anyway, because both countries are shining so bright lately, we're having a tiebreaker in the form of a pop culture quiz between comedians from the respective nations. Which country is truly the best? We'll know for sure at the end of this week's International Waters. episode of International Waters is supported by donations from listeners like you at maximumfundorg slash donate and by the all new Squarespace 6, which helps you create your own website or blog in how long? Just minutes. That's how long. They've got beautiful all-new templates, an easy-to-use drag-and-drop interface, responsive design, which means that the screen scales to the size of the screen of your device, social media, connectivity, basically everything you're looking for in a website. Go to Squarespace.com, get 10% off with the code WATERS9. That's right, the code is WATERS9 for 10% off at Squarespace.com. Hello and welcome to International Waters. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne. I'll be moderating this contest, as usual, from my luxury recording yacht in neutral territory. I actually took a little detour through the Bermuda Triangle last week, which is why I'm currently afloat in the negative dimension, a nightmarish hellscape where time has no meaning. If you listen closely, you can actually hear the cries of wayward seafarers who are currently imprisoned here. Wait, listen. And seaward wayfarer. (laughs) Listen for it. (laughs) It is. <laughs> Let's introduce our competitors. Playing for the nation that thinks ranch is a flavor, a stand-up comedian from uh, Los Angeles by way of Chicago, Miss Cameron Esposito. Hey, Cameron, how you doing?
1: How are you, Jesse?
0: I'm fantastic. Also playing for God's United States, a stand-up <laughs> comic who can be seen <laughs> regularly at the legendary Largo Theater in Hollywood and heard regularly on the Pod F Tomcast. Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jesse. Hello, the world. (laughs) Very good. I'm glad that you're introducing yourself to everyone right off the bat. This is me, Globe. (laughs) 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 Playing for the nation that likes its iced coffee warm, a comic (laughs) sports fan and co-host of the hit podcast, The Bugle, missing some cricket today to be with us... Andy Zaltzman. Hey Andy. You don't know how
2: lucky you are to have me when there's cricket on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joining him will be a Welsh Iraqi comedian, that classic combination, <laughs> an actress who's also one half of the sketch team The Behemoth, and is currently filming a TV show called Stella in the UK. It's Nadia Kamal. Hey Nadja.
3: Hey, Badah. That's Welsh. It's actually Welsh for good morning, so that applies to you and not us. That's how generous
0: I am. Well, gang, uh, thanks for being here. Let's get this thing started off. We're going to start the show with a little pop culture warm-up that we like to call What's the Story? I'll be asking our panelists questions about a variety of recent cultural events. They'll be awarded two points for correct answers, as well as points for incorrect answers that are funny, which are called... Jokes. Since (laughs) buzzers would alert the hellspawn here in the negative dimension to my whereabouts, I will be asking each team to choose a buzz-in word that they think best represents their country. Uh, UK, if you could pick one word to describe the spirit of Britannia, what would it be?
2: Uh, Right.
3: (laughs) 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 I think in honour of the cricket, maybe silly mid-off.
2: Silly, the, yeah, that, I mean, that might not travel across the Atlantic. Maybe. I don't know. Gold, <laughs> it. maybe after the Olympics. A golden nation.
0: Okay, I like gold in the spirit of the Olympics. Okay. Um, we all appreciate the solid work you did hosting the games this year. US, if you were to pick one word to describe the spirit of old glory, what might it be? <laughs>
1: For me, I'm thinking Phelps right now. <laughs> let me let me lay it out on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always thinking the Phelps. Who smokes marijuana, <laughs> still gets it done. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what's more American than go. that. Sometimes he's even last off the blocks.
4: He's losing
1: till the very end pulls ahead. <laughs> and also, he was just born to do that. You know, genetically perfect <laughs> exactly. for that. Phelps.
4: Oh, also, he eats a ton of food every day. Yeah, a ton. Yeah.
1: More cal. That's he eats Amer- 50, how many Fifty thousand
4: calories a
0: day.
1: It's just we don't burn it off. All- the rest of us. <laughs> that's right. Then allow that to sit and become our bodies. <laughs> exactly. He right. puts it into the water as energy.
2: Sort of the way that milk becomes cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, he eats nothing but eels as well. That's what makes him such an effective <laughs> swimmer. You are what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: UK will be ringing in with gold, celebrating their. S- Fantastic hosting performance in the Olympic Games. The U.S. will be ringing in with Phelps, celebrating waking, baking, and winning. <laughs> um, buzzwords ready. Let's start. Which daughter of a former president recently mentioned that she's considering a career in politics? Phelps. U.S.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You're already I, enjoying I yourself. I,
4: did, I didn't anticipate uh, enjoying saying that so much. <laughs> it's nice. Um, Amy Carter.
0: Uh, that's incorrect, although what? I like the idea of that. But she's a former president's daughter. <laughs> that is true.
1: Also, follow up point I didn't know she was alive. So, how American is that? <laughs> is that person alive?
0: You okay. thought she had predeceased Jimmy know. Carter? Yeah,
1: I just. <laughs> Who's alive anymore
0: is what I'm trying to say. Go, oh, Cameron, good question. <laughs> that That is not correct, but I will give you a point
2: for boldness.
0: <laughs> that's that's right. Right. Uh,
2: Gold. <laughs> UK, what's your guess? Uh, I think I'd go with Dolores Polk, James K. Polk's. <laughs> <laughs> She's now aged 143.
0: Oh, it's
3: the prime time to get into Actually, politics. Probably, that's
2: not old enough, is it?
0: See, She's right. aged 170. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's about experience outside the beltway, right? That's right. You cannot <laughs> <can't, you can't laughs> buy that yeah, level we need of an life outsider. experience. <laughs> in this case, it's outside the uh, corporeal plane as
2: well. Yeah, but I mean, that gives her um, so a different we're... perspective. I mean, too many of today's politicians are alive. <laughs> yeah. And Fancy that and gives Medicaid. them a yeah. very narrow view. On the I think dead yeah. people have a much more objective view of political issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Medicare. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't need anything. <laughs> That's right. They've in been terms through of that. Care. And
2: That's they've come right. out the other side. So they don't. Yeah. yeah. Can, this that's, is where we get the idea of the death panels. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> this, this, that was
0: biting political satire, yeah. Thank you. Paul. <laughs> Thank you, The legendary political satirist <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins. Sounds... Um, both of those are incorrect, no. but I'll give you, I'll give you the UK a point for that as well. The correct answer is actually Chelsea Clinton. Oh. I was going to say that. Oh, I forgot she was. a But person. only because I yeah, thought and, of the bun.
3: We have a <laughs> bun here called a Chelsea bun. <laughs>
4: oh wow! Is it getting into politics? <laughs>
0: In related news, Jenna Bush, the daughter of George W. Bush, recently mentioned that she's considering getting into Margarita Monday's, a taco loco. (laughs) Okay, this British boy band recently had a viral video hit with a cover of the 90s alternative rock classic, Wonderwall. Phelps. U.S. The new Beatles? <laughs> is that a- yeah, It has to be One
1: Direction because here's why I say it's One Direction. That's the only band I know of from from uh, your country, I, like ever. I've you know never what? Heard of Rolling Stones. <laughs> I true. only
3: have heard of One <laughs> They're isn't a band. They're a bunch of replicants.
2: <laughs> you know the story behind One Direction is that they were uh, they were all um, snooker players.
1: Uh, That's not even a sport that exists here. Talk in our terms.
2: Say billiards. And, uh, you
1: understand? Billiards. By billiards, I mean pool.
2: They, they, Say pool. They're they, turning into the music. They man. All have the same dodgy curry, and they became terrified of spheres. And uh, <laughs> did you, did you see dodgy
5: curry? They put it in the boot. That's a fact.
0: <laughs> um, I am giving one point to the U.S. Your, two points to the U.S. Excuse me, because it is correct. It was One Direction. <laughs> Uh, the video was destined for virality as it included both 1D, as they are known, and 90s nostalgia, as 90s nostalgia is known. <laughs> the only way it could have pandered more to 90s nostalgia would be if it had the Friends gang wearing wonder bras and waving glow sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also a panda, which is not a 90s nostalgia-related thing. It's just because pandas, you know, everybody loves pandas. Testify.
4: panda from the 90s? <laughs>
0: I don't know what emo panda is, Paul. Oh, Jesse, what a world awaits you. Is that? That's <laughs> is-
1: very naughty. Isn't panda not also 90. a British way of saying pander? I'm just saying. <laughs> I would <laughs> As like a to say
0: When you said emo panda, panda? when you said emo panda, I imagined a panda with a Prince Valiant haircut talking in a weird voice and doing one liner jokes on the stand up comedy stage.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it is.
0: Oh, great. (laughs)
2: Fantastic. You you got it in one. A a panda is just a polar bear that's eaten bamboo. If you keep it off bamboo, (laughs) it stays stays white. That
3: sounds like a great plan.
0: This actress may not be asked back for the sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman because of an on-set dalliance with the film's married director.
1: Phelps, my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) She's not my girlfriend yet, because I'm. But
0: you're too busy having an actual girlfriend (laughs) who's probably very upset with you right now. (laughs) No,
1: she's not, because we lay in bed and talk about this actor,
0: so I
1: know it very well. Because she's burned on the... I actually had her tattooed on the inside of my eyelids.
4: <laughs> Not
1: well, her now, but young her. Like, 12-year-old. Panic. Panic,
4: panic room era. Thing, my God, assume.
0: Cameron. I believe the name is Kristen Stewart, is yeah, that Yeah, that is correct <laughs> for two points. <laughs> Um, producers are actually looking for another young actress to replace her with a similar emotional range. Candidates <laughs> include a cardboard paper towel tube.
3: Yeah, we've got a some recycling paper. bins that could do the job.
0: <laughs> you know, why not try one of those iconic English uh, telephone boxes? Mm. That would be a lot of fun. It's boldly colored. It's full right. of pornography advertisements.
1: <laughs> you guys don't understand. She's troubled. And she can't get past her own trouble to
3: act. Like, she's trapped (laughs) in a world of her own.
4: She's trapped by
0: her Her own trouble. I feel
3: feel for her.
0: She was great in Adventureland. That's
3: not a movie. That's a theme park.
0: That's the only (laughs) movie of hers that I've seen. I feel bad slagging her off because... She was great in that movie, and it's the only time I've ever seen her act.
4: As far as you know, she has a 100% successful track record. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: And so that's the key to appreciating certain actors. Is she going into politics as well? <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And she's going to have a pizza on top of it. That's why I think Marky Mark is one of the greatest actors of our generation. You know, you watch Three Kings and Boogie Nights, and you think he's spectacular. You just have to be careful not to watch that M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh,
2: boy, oh, boy. <laughs>
0: This Olympic swimmer recently signed on for a guest role in the nighttime soap opera
3: 90210. Gold! UK! Phelps!
2: (laughs) I was going to go with Rebecca Adlington.
4: Rebecca Adlington Phelps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm glad they got
2: together. (laughs) I reckon Adlington is cut out for...
3: For 90210. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, what? She, she's not at all, because her self-esteem is far too high.
2: You, I mean, she's so good <laughs> if they ever had a scene in which someone had to swim eight times up and down a swimming pool. She'd be... she a go-to woman for that.
3: Yeah, I mean, she could do that take. She should certainly be the stunt double
2: in all soap operas for any scenes involving people swimming... 800 metres or
0: That swimming back meters. and forth device is a classic <laughs> device. You can read
2: about that in McKee's yeah, story. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Listen, I, I, heard, I overheard a murder plot. Let's, let's go someplace secure, swim some laps and discuss <laughs> it. That's <not> Johnny Weissmuller
2: <laughs> that got off the ground, isn't it? Olympic swimming, just right, swimming up right. and down a pool. But and also
3: doing a, a loud yawn. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, we've all... US, you know, since
0: the UK has already rung in for you, do you have a guess to, as to the answer to this question?
3: Oh, we've lost our guess now, have we? Yes, you
0: lost. You (laughs) lost a long time ago when you got it wrong, UK. (laughs) Oh,
4: Is it Misty Hyman or not? No. that's a shame. Um, Mark Spitz,
0: the only other famous swimmer. (laughs) No, it's probably Lofty, isn't it? It is. It's Ryan Lofty. The only question remaining is, will his appearance include shirtlessness? There's simply no way to know.
4: I think he plays a fat kid, right? Who's embarrassed
0: to
3: take his t shirt off. Isn't he horrifically deformed in the plot?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's sort of 90210's tribute to the hunchback of Notre Dame.
1: Oh, I was going to say mask.
2: Ryan Lochley has a tattoo of the Titanic sinking on it, it incentivizes him to stay above the water.
0: <laughs> okay, Nerdozoids on both sides of the pond are rejoicing as Doctor Who returns. But what was Dr. Matt Smith banned from ever doing with his co star, Karen Gillen?
2: Gold. Phelps. Uh, was it going on a, a, a massive um, crime spree? He was definitely banned from that. <laughs> That's outlawed in this country. They were te- technically, yes, they were Do I get banned
0: by law. Right. From yeah, but that's Couldn't not the children. answer that we're looking that? for. No, <laughs> that's also illegal. I mean, you're correct in saying that in almost every country that's well, illegal. Well,
2: this is now getting into semantics, isn't it, Rod?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Was it making a sex tape?
0: Uh, no. I think that's encouraged. For most. <laughs> oh. They should start putting that in writing, though. <laughs> yeah, should be
3: in the DVD extras.
0: Just an audio sex tape, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can make a sex LP. <laughs> Vinyl is cooler now. A lot of people have turntables, and it comes with a download code.
4: (laughs) Go green, that's right.
0: U.S., have you got a guess on this one?
1: My guess is trying to correctly summarize the continuing story arc of the Doctor Who franchise. Because you know you're always going to piss off all the nerds because you're never going to be able to get it right. Especially if you're just an actor. You don't care about this. You've just been hired to honor it. But it's not in your heart. It's not written
3: on your mind. Were
2: well, they banned it's from not... actually traveling through time? Because so, so that could be logistically... <laughs> yeah. I mean, the TV yes, productions well, are on a tight budget oh and a tight yeah. schedule. Again, Continuity-wise, confidence.
3: it'd be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the correct answer is dating or oh. getting it on. Show creator Stephen Moffat banned the stars from doing so. Luckily, 87% of the internet is taken up by fan fiction. Imagining those two going at it, like jockeys' whips. No
4: wait. There's the fan fiction about the actors or about the characters. Uh, I think there's I think a, a fair, fair helping of yeah. both. Oh, wow. oh, I've written That's both. Weird <laughs> that people are doing it about the actors. Yeah. Well, I also
1: say this. I, uh, you know, I used to work in education, and. uh and as somebody who used to work in education, when I can pretty say, much guarantee that's the number one way to make sure people have sex with each other, yeah, is I'm to tell it. them never to have sex with each other. Uh, abstinence education, for instance, is an example of this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so it's the Bible, and, the whole Adam and, and yes, Eve thing. the
0: Bible,
1: also an example of this.
0: When you say that you used to work in education, you yeah. mean that you used to work in sensual education, by which you mean that you used to go to a lot of pickup bars.
1: That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Educate women by leaning back on a bar First you lean back, then you lean in Then you look under and over your (laughs) eyelids I can't explain it It's a certain move You said you didn't know anything about snooker That's
2: basically how you play a snooker (laughs) (laughs) show
0: We are now all in one direction (laughs) At the end of that round The US, five The UK,
2: two Ah. It's a dead heat It's like a Boston tea party all over again
0: You're listening to International Waters with our teams Cameron Esposito and Paul F. Tompkins representing the U.S. of A. and Andy Zaltzman and Nadja Kamal representing the United Kingdom. Next up, we've got another round of now that's what I call a music round. Since 1983. (laughs) That was a contemptuous snort, Paul. (laughs) You can't hide it by leaning away from the microphone. (laughs) I heard it. Since 1983, the Now series of music compilations have been collecting the pop hits of the day onto one handy album for those who love music, but only so long as it's something they've heard playing in a mall food court. We'll give you the year the compilation was released, and we want our teams to identify the song. They'll get one point for the artist and one point for for the song title, is it we'll "Love Lift Us Up Where a We Belong"? Bonus point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming too early, there. Happy <laughs> Birthday by Mildred and Patty Hill. You guys are early. You're early. Well. You're playing. I like Paul. Your technique of playing the odds, <laughs> the most sung song <laughs> in the world, right?
3: Is it One Direction?
0: Um, we will also give you a bonus point uh, for making up something funny about the song or artist. Our first is a hit from the first American Now compilation in
3: 1998. Gold. Phelps.
0: Wow. Phelps. In, in
3: 1998, I was uh, 14 years old, and therefore the prime demographic for this track, <laughs> because I basically looked like the band. <laughs> Except with dark hair. Um, but it is Hansen with Mbop. Yep,
1: yep,
0: yep. Hansen with Mbop. That's absolutely correct. You know, I interviewed Hansen um, uh, about a year and a half ago. They're not only still together, they still. They're brothers, make- what do you- no, but I mean they're not <laughs> they're still, still together as a band.
4: Family ripped. <laughs> they
2: they have not changed their names.
4: <laughs> uh, did
3: they
1: ever they... admit that
2: that song Um was uh, a, a satire on the Muslim conquest of Spain in the uh, <laughs> Middle Ages? <laughs>
1: I agree with... I think Nadia made one of the most salient points I've ever heard about Mbapp, which is that Taylor Hansen... Is that the middle one? Do you know this, Nadia? Is that the middle one? They're all Hansen to me.
2: (laughs) They change on a yearly basis. Okay, well, then I
1: guess one of us knows a little bit more about Hansen. Um, But Taylor Hansen, because I think I was probably also 14, he looked like I had such a... He looked like every girl that I was interested in, plus myself also. He Uh, he was such a dreamboat. He was the most beautiful... (laughs) What a what a young Bowie. Do you we think, had in that are you suggesting,
0: a, Cameron, that you discovered your interest in, uh, your romantic interest in ladies through the band <laughs> Hanson?
1: Well, I'll just say this Tilda Swinton wasn't a thing yet.
0: You
1: understand? <laughs> where else was I supposed to get this information? Are you, now,
4: are you also saying that your type is basically women who look like you? <laughs>
1: Uh, d- yes,
4: course.
0: <laughs> Have yes. you never <laughs> seen a matching homosexual like co- <laughs> couple, Paul? I think matching homosexual couple is a, d- a significant phenomenon. I
4: thought that was a thing that happened with heterosexual couples, too, where it just it happens over time. I didn't yeah. think that like,
0: you start out that way. They all end up looking like their dog. Is that how I it works? I think you don't realize
1: it at first, but then as it proceeds, <laughs> you start to isolate the things you like about that person. She has very similar forearms to my forearms, and that's sure. what drew me to her. I was, <laughs> he said- I was all forearm
0: all the time. Time.
4: Oh, you guys are still on the honeymoon stage when you're comparing <laughs> the forearms.
0: Not, not yeah. only are the Hanson brothers <laughs> just fantastically nice guys and really talented as well. Um, I, I listened to their most recent album. I thought it was really quite good. But they run this songwriting camp in, I believe it's Oklahoma where they're from. <laughs> sure. Of course it is. And uh, at this songwriting camp, they sort of get together with other musicians from all kinds of genres Um, and they take a day and write and record a song together in unusual combinations. And I found out about this because I believe it was Taylor wrote and recorded a song with my friend Andrew W.K. and Weird Al Yankovic. There we go. Which is a great team if I've ever heard one. It's quite the super group.
4: (laughs) Another uh, fun fact about Hanson is that they're all
2: attracted to each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the more time they spend with each other, the more they isolate and realize the things that are similar about themselves right? and each
2: other. They actually met whilst training to be a junior SWAT team. And they were put together undercover as a. As we're brothers. learning
0: a lot of fun For- facts about Nancy. <laughs> to deal with junior bank robberies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> junior hostage situations in general. Just to try and stop Bugsy Malone ever happening again. That's, that's right.
0: Well, I'm going to give the US and the UK 2 points for enthusiastically embracing that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go on to the next. A little further back on this one. Our next song is from the British. Now that's what I call music. 3, can which I skip, was can I Yes,
4: really quickly. The title, Now That's What I Call Music, whenever there's a new one, I always feel like it negates the previous Now That's What I Call Music. Like uh-huh. Someone who's constantly saying, I was wrong before. Now that's what I call music. I
1: almost feel like it could be a longer that, even. Now that's what I call music. <laughs> Throw in
4: you four know? A's. <laughs> yeah.
0: But by the time you get to Now That's What I Call Music 26, that, that is just, now that.
3: <laughs> but then you have Crocodile Dundee going, No. This is what I call (laughs) music. And he's just holding a
1: larger CD than what you're holding. You're
0: just like, I get it, Crocodile Dundee. (laughs) You were in Crocodile Dundee. but you stop saying stuff from Crocodile Dundee? Leave it to those of us who weren't in Crocodile Dundee. Uh, (laughs) Crocodile do (laughs) not
1: Oh, man, you guys are going to make him get in his Subaru and drive away. (laughs) Hello.
0: (laughs) Okay, here we go. Next up comes from the year 2000.
1: Uh, Phelps. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Sting, beautiful day-ish? I don't know.
0: Sting? Oh, not? It is, it is not Sting. You're, Incorrect.
1: U2? I hate it's myself. A day. I don't know anything about anybody. <laughs> Wait, he wears glasses. His name is Sting, right? He helps the universe. I'm thinking of Sting. He has long sexual intercourse late in nights with his girlfriend, wife, Trudy, and then he helps people in Ireland. Sure, sure. I'm and thinking he's thinking of the same person. And How he's known for his
0: signature <laughs> hit "Start Me Up" and "Brown Sugar." Yeah,
1: that's he was in the police. How and he and did you jump in long, so dark hair. You jumped
0: in so He did that. Fa- he did that famous concert on top of his <laughs> Abbey Road studios. That's right. After you learned to play the sitar.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> his his name is about including other people by oh, stinging it. You know what?
0: I didn't know who you were talking about until you mentioned his signature windmill guitar move. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you have uh.
0: conflated every rock star from England ever um, with a rock star from Ireland. Uh, yeah. The correct answer is you two and Beautiful Day. I'm not going to give it to you, Paul, because God Cameron was it. so emphatic in her Would incorrect answer. you have answer.
1: accepted a pint of Guinness
0: <laughs> as an answer? Again, you're just conflating things from the but British that's Isles. At
1: least Irish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and next up is a song from July 1984. Phelps, 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 Phelps The US Phelps, is all Phelps. over this one.
4: Uh, this, of course, is the legendary uh Concord traveler Phil Collins. <laughs> uh, with um, the theme song to Against All Odds, uh, sometimes known as Take a Look at Me Now. Um, and, of course, he sang this uh, to a murderer in, in the <laughs> audience of one of his concerts. A light was shown upon him, and then the crowd tore him apart with their bare
0: hands. Yeah. I, I, I will give you two points for being correct and an additional point for spreading urban legends. That's right.
4: <laughs> I want to attach it to all Phil Collins songs.
0: Did you know that during their heyday, Hansen were known for kidnapping people, harvesting their organs, and they would then wake up in a Mexican
2: bathtub full of ice? That's
3: right. Did you know that their hair didn't belong to them?
2: (laughs) They were each injected with Trotsky's DNA. That's that's where the Mexican then came from.
3: That's why Americans are so terrified of them.
2: (laughs) Okay, let's go
0: to the UK's now number 79... From July 2011. Gold! Oh, (laughs) wow, Andy Zaltzman.
2: Wow! What's Uh, your answer? Well... I can't remember the exact title of the song but I do know it was Bob Dylan's new direction that he was uh, <laughs> <laughs> he launched last year. Post yeah. <laughs> electronic. I think it was called um Overground Homesick Blues I think it was a kind of callback to. It, it sounds a bit like a woman that. in the bath. Yeah.
3: Like he was always good it's too yeah. warm but I like it. Yeah. It's just I think that's the
2: same woman that he wrote all those albums about in the 70s that he got cranky with but her uh, having a bath. He always comes back to that. <laughs>
0: That is just profoundly, wildly incorrect. I'm going to give you a point for it because I'm a public radio host, and if I ever did anything against Bob Dylan, I would literally be murdered. <laughs> they uh, would call you Judas,
4: yeah, and they would they would take an axe to your microphone.
0: Exactly, I would be assaulted by a horde of drunken baby boomers, drunk on Merlot,
1: certainly driven out of Greenwich Village.
0: Um, U.S. team, have you got a guess on this one? Is that Jedward? Is that what they sound like? (laughs) Wow! I don't.
3: Come on, guys! It's a joke to us as well. Come on! Uh, (laughs) They're not going to make it to the Now album.
0: (laughs) No, that was Nicki Minaj. Oh my God! Super bass. Nicki Minaj, who is known for alternating between being a very good rapper and the world's worst pop singer.
1: (laughs) You know, I think that we all should be taken a little bit off the hook on this. Here's because nobody's ever heard the beginning of that song. That is a song you hear the middle of before you change. Stations.
0: That's right. <laughs> At the end of that round, the U.S. leading with ten points to the U.K.'s five. Wow! What? I want Banky Moon on this, <laughs> Jesse. If I'm not much mistaken,
4: that means we have twice as many points as our opponents. I would
2: characterize it as double uh, the points. I don't think you should <laughs> jump to conclusions in that way. That's way <laughs> too early to say that. This
0: oh, you guys also, are a If we're going metric. per
3: capita, guys, we're still very much ahead. <laughs>
0: And now is the time on the show when we welcome a special guest, Craig Brown. He's an award-winning satirist and columnist who writes for the Daily Mail and for the magazine's Private Eye and Vanity Fair. His new book, Hello, Goodbye, Hello, is... A sort of mixture of celebrity gossip, politics, and history. It's a collection of 101 stories about encounters between politicians, royalty, writers, artists, and other notable figures of the past hundred years or so. It's a daisy chain of meetings between these prominent people. So it begins with Adolf Hitler being knocked down by a driver in Germany, and then, a hundred stories later, circles back to Hitler at the conclusion. Craig, uh, welcome to International Waters. It's great to have you on the
5: show. Thank you very much. Very nice to be with you.
0: Um, so I can only imagine that the logistics of writing this book must have been daunting. Did you have, like, an entire wall of your home dedicated to note cards with notable yeah, personages' names on Yeah, I'm very, very bad them? at
5: um, math, as you would call it. We call it maths with an S. <laughs> but, um, and so... I had lots and lots of charts, and I kept going over the same ground and discovering the same stories. I, I, I did nearly go mad, and that because all these 101 has to go in a circle, and I, I think I had to link um, Oscar Wilde with Ernest Hemingway, and I'm, I at last managed to get one, which was um, slightly obscure writer called Ford Maddox Ford.
0: Were you always going for 101? And so part of the problem was that. Uh, you couldn't just add a couple of people if you needed to right
5: at the very end? Well, in England, the book's called One on One, which ga- gave it a kind of more of a pun. But in America, it's called <laughs> Hello, Goodbye, Hello, so it rather destroys the pun. Um, but, and I wanted it to be a one, oh, one, one, oh, one words in all. Um, and so each one is a thousand and one words. And Anyway, it's, it was a sort of mathematical um, uh, trick. You basically
0: did not want to write this book, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> what I'm hearing is... <laughs> no, I
5: find, actually, I find it quite relaxing, because usually I have to write jokes, and though it's incidentally got uh, some jokes in, it's not, it's not um, sort of joke-based. And so I, it, it's kind of relaxing, if you are a jokester, to, to be able to just write um, prose, which doesn't have a kind of exclamation uh, point at the end of it.
0: Was there some uh, meeting that set you off on this quest? Like, did you just find yourself one day reading about Richard Nixon meeting Elvis and think, you know, I should write a complicated mathematical formula that could be expressed in book form about this?
5: Well, I kept, I, I review a, um, a book a week, actually, for the mail, and have done for about 15 years. And I kept noticing these odd meetings. And the ones which interested me were. Um, ones between lowbrow figures and highbrow figures. So in a way, like Elvis and Nixon, uh, these strange juxtapositions. For instance, um, Bertrand Russell, the kind of most famous British philosopher of the last 100 years, I suppose, um, aged 90, was next door neighbour of uh, Sarah Miles, who was then kind of sexy young actress of 21 and started flirting with her. And so, I lo- and yet in a Bertrand Russell biography, you won't get that meeting because it'll be written by a fellow philosopher who will think, well, the fact that he was flirting with an actress um, is of no importance. But I, I think uh, there is some kind of weird importance in those encounters.
0: I was excited to see uh, a meeting between Harry Houdini and Teddy Roosevelt.
5: Yes, that's rather a, a nice one. I didn't, I didn't really know anything about... Um, Teddy Roosevelt, I knew a bit about Houdini, and they, they met um, on board a cruise ship. And Houdini, uh, you know, all, whenever you read about Houdini, all his tricks were really clever, I think. And he, uh, he did this strange kind of um, sp- spiritualist act. I mean, he was very actually very anti-spiritualist and thought they were defrauding everyone. Um, but, of course, uh, he could do it because he was a m- magician. And so he he uh, he did this act, which which completely confounded uh, Teddy Roosevelt, and and uh, Roosevelt was badgering him uh, for Cruz on how how he managed to do it, but he didn't tell him. He he did tell him that it was a trick, but he wouldn't tell him how.
0: When I saw that Harpo Marx uh, of the Marx Brothers was in your book, I guess I just assumed that it would be the story of the time he found my mom when she was lost at the White House egg roll and returned her to her parents. So it seems odd. Why did you choose to tell some other story about Harpo Marx?
5: I feel very, very guilty, but I'll rush out a new edition with yours in. I'll cross mine out. But then your mom would have had to have met someone else. That was the trouble. You can't just have one meeting. Each person's got to meet two people because it's a daisy chain. So who else did your mom meet?
0: The sad truth is, she is a shut in who has literally never met anyone else in her entire life. You do have a Harpo Marx story that I quite liked, which was when he met Rachmaninoff.
5: Yeah, I like that one. They were basically, they were uh, Rachmaninoff, who's an exile from uh, from Russia, uh, was staying in this kind of bohemian hotel in California, uh, and he was at the next door chalet to. Uh, Harpo Marx. and they, Harpo wanted to practice his harp, and Rachmaninoff wanted to practice uh, his piano. And they were really getting on each other's nerves. And Rachmaninoff was complaining to the management, but they wouldn't move. Anyway, eventually, Harpo uh, won the match because um, he started playing. The, basically, Rachmaninoff was, was famous for one tune which he'd written aged 18, which is Prelude in C sharp minor, I think. Anyway, uh, Rachmaninoff, like a, a one-hit wonder pop star, they, they hate the, the song that made them famous and which they can't um, copy. And so Harpo just started playing this, this terrible tune over and over and over again, and it drove Rachmaninoff mad, and he was the one who moved shallows.
0: <laughs> I really like the idea that Harpo Marx essentially lived his life as a farce that he was using techniques that could come from a Marx Brothers movie in order to frustrate real-life Rachmaninoff.
5: I think, I think that's true, actually. Harpo, I got the story. Harpo wrote a very brilliant autobiography, I think, called Harpo Speaks, and it was just full of these kind of very funny stories about his life. In a, in a way, he was a more um, engaging character than, uh, than Groucho, uh, who is more complicated. Harpo was kind of really good fun, I think. And he um, liked mixing, and of course, the Marx Brothers were so famous that people loved mixing them, and I haven't even got two Beatles in there, but I have got two Marx Brothers in the book. I've got Groucho meeting um, Charlie Chaplin, having a terrible uh, game of tennis with Charlie Chaplin.
0: <laughs> when you say terrible game of tennis, you mean that they, they just weren't good at tennis? Or? No, they were doing
5: it, it was just when uh, tennis had really caught on in, uh, in uh, California, and um, They were having a celebrity pro-celebrity tennis match, and basically Charlie Chaplin was taking it seriously, and Groucho was playing for laughs. And he he had a picnic in the middle of the match, all that kind of thing. And um, Charlie Chaplin really resented playing anyone else's straight man, and so he was because it was a big crowd. He was having to pretend to laugh, but he absolutely hated it.
0: Well, Craig, we really appreciate you coming on the program, and. As a sort of thank you for coming on our show, this is something we like to do for, uh, as a little gift for, um, for our guests. We're going to give you some career advice. <laughs> um, we're we're going to ask our panel of show business experts, and it, I'm not going to lie to you. These are four of the most powerful people in Tinseltown that we have <laughs> ready to give you some advice. Um, for their pitches on what your next project should be, and whichever team has the pitch that you like best, will get ten points and control of the game. Um, the hey, UK a very team important role.
5: <laughs> <laughs> King Micah.
0: <laughs> the UK team is a little bit behind, so I'm going to give them a chance to go first. Uh, UK team, what do you think should be the next project for Craig Brown? Uh, satirist and author of Hello, Goodbye, Hello, uh, a.k.a. One on One.
3: Uh, well, I think that you should drop your first name, just keep your initial and surname, and then see how much uh, horrific, aggressive, violent domestic abuse you can get away with without it tainting your career in any way, <laughs> and write a book about that experience.
5: Hang on. Um, I didn't quite get the... <laughs> So I, I just call myself C. Brown or C.B. what?
3: C. Brown, yeah.
5: C. Brown, I see. But then I might be mistaken for Charlie Brown, the lovable cartoon <laughs> character. OK, then go straight <laughs> to Chris Brown.
3: Just call yourself Chris Brown. Chris.
2: <laughs> I, I'd like to see you, uh, since you've um, uh, written about Teddy Roosevelt uh, in your book, I'd like to see you recreate uh, the trip he made to Africa after he um, uh, stopped being president. In which he went to Africa and slaughtered an unholy number of animals. Literally. I know,
5: but it was thousands. It was of animals. less unfashionable then. Yeah, well, I'd like to see you do it now
2: <laughs> and embrace that unfashionability.
5: Okay, you're on. That's I, want, a good I, one.
2: I, I want you to chart the human journey of slaughtering animal after animal after animal until you can stand the sight of blood no more. I think um, that would be fascinating. Bad shot, look.
5: So I'd have to go for the elephant population first. or oh, just wrestle them. Just wrestle them.
3: Just get really close. Strangle them. <laughs> Just sneak up on them. Yep.
5: So far, that's the idea I like best. <laughs> if, you, if you wrestle a well, rhino, it's... right,
2: you can skewer it with its own horn.
5: <laughs> or a koala for a really good shot. Yep, yep.
0: <laughs> it sounds like the UK team is really keen on you, Craig, using this career opportunity that you have as a best-selling beloved author to commit horrific crimes of some type. Brace that Just side of some... yourself,
2: I think, Craig. It's laying dormant for too long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> U.S. team, you're ahead right now. What do you think Craig should do in the next phase of his career?
1: Well, Craig, I really appreciate the, the the content of your book right now about meetings that have happened, but it leaves me curious about what happened right before those meetings. I know that um, whenever I've met people I was, that were my heroes that I was really impressed um, with an advance um, I guess what i 'm saying is I want like a chronicle of nervousness um, and car farting um, if there could be like if you could describe the the sort of feelings that happen in your bowels. Um, also, if you could describe the thought of bringing a bottle of wine to a book signing on the chance that the person who wrote your favorite book uh, might become your friend and therefore creeping somebody out by giving <laughs> them a bottle of wine and inviting them to your this personal This sounds like home. a
0: really specific trauma for you, uh, Cameron. I have a
1: lot of information about this.
0: <laughs> so, Cameron, you're you're pitching you're pitching this chronicle of intestinal distress. I'm
1: yeah, I'm pitching uh, what happened before every big meeting of all time. Um, you discomfort,
4: also, Craig. You can also do a straight up sequel to the book um, describing all the dead characters avoiding each other in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. the best part is uh, it could, each chapter could just be a couple sentences long. You don't have to write any dialogue because they don't actually meet. And since they don't actually meet, the title could be zero, 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 which works as a pun <laughs> because the noise you make when you see somebody you don't want to meet is ooh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the good close. thing about, um, I find in my um, way of life is, uh, if you're avoiding someone, they tend to avoid you. So I think probably heaven is a great, very, very wide circle of people uh, all avoiding each other's uh, glances.
2: That isn't necessarily well, true of the inland uh, revenue, though, is <laughs> Well, Craig, you've got some
0: really spectacular pitches here. I mean, I think that any of these would almost certainly make you a millionaire and a sort of George Clooney-like figure who, <laughs> Who reigns, <laughs> reigns over the entertainment and media industry? Well, a Clooney meets Murdoch type, I would say. Um, <laughs> trying to decide which of your children to leave your empire to and that sort of thing. Um, Jesse, are you pitching a book where George Clooney meets Rupert Murdoch? <laughs> <laughs> um, the their pitches to you, as I understand them, are uh, you change your name slightly. <laughs> then then go on a crime spree. Uh, you travel to Africa and in the footsteps of Teddy Roosevelt, murder an unfathomable number of African beasts. Uh, you write a book about the moments before these meetings uh, in which everyone is farting in their cars. <laughs>
4: everyone. <laughs> Absolutely everything.
0: <laughs> or you write a book about the moments after these people are dead and they're trying to avoid eye contact with one another uh, while they're all wearing togas and playing harps up above. Uh, Craig, which of those do you think will be your next career move?
5: Well, it's a very close, close call. I'm, I was slightly tempted by the, by the pre-meeting one, the farting in the car one. But... <laughs> Um, being British myself, I've got to support the British team. Yeah. And I do like this idea of, uh, of shooting lots of, um, <laughs> beloved animals. So I'm going to go for the animal one.
0: Well, that's, that's 10 wrong. points for the UK. Uh, Andy Zaltzman, congratulations. Um, I expect a, a few heads of wildebeests to be <laughs> mailed to me. I expect uh, a Craig. new coat.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, maybe an underwear set. <laughs> and at
0: the end of that round, the UK has seized the lead, fifteen what? points to ten.
1: Hell yeah! But it was kind of a
3: pity, <laughs> it
0: like a pity roll there. It was kind that's of a how, pity. That's point. how we
5: got so many gold
0: medals in the Olympics. That's how you got the entire Indian
2: subcontinent. (laughs) That was more to do with smart clothes and moustaches, I think. (laughs) And (laughs) solid ships.
1: Just give it to them, they've lost so much.
0: Our guest, Craig Brown, is well-known for his satirical work in the British magazine Private Eye. So we've given him some questions about U.S. and U.K. political alliances. So, teams, get your buzzwords ready and buzz in when you know the answers to these questions provided to us by Craig. Craig, what's the first question?
5: The first question is, Tony Blair famously rolled over for his ally George Bush, but what animal-based nickname did this earn him? Phelps,
4: Phelps, go! The U.S. team has that one. Uh, Michael
0: Sheenoceros? (laughs) (laughs) No, that is distinctly incorrect.
3: UK team? He's Welsh, can I get a point for
0: that? Yeah, sure, I'll give you a point. That's a classic pity point.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Scorio, Uh, that's Welsh for (laughs) score.
0: Andy, it
2: sounded like you had an actual answer to this question. Yeah, he called him uh, Tony Turtle <laughs> um, because uh, George Bush viewed Blair as being very much like a turtle in that um, he moved slowly in water and could be <laughs> scooped out for a meal ethically. Um, <laughs> but, but
1: can't turtles specifically not roll over? Wouldn't that be the worst of animal-based Yeah, but nicknames? once you've
2: rolled them over, That's then you've got
1: them. Okay, got 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 it. Now I understand. Every,
0: yeah. Everyone is wrong, and I'm not giving anyone any points. <laughs> The, well, except for that one that I gave to Nadia just for asking nicely. <laughs> Scorio! Um, the correct answer
5: is poodle. Poodle. What's our next question, Craig? Next question is overpaid, oversexed, and overhear. The phrase used to describe which group of American young men when they came to the U.K.? Gold. Uh, U.K.?
3: Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not overpaid. <laughs> You can pay him all the money in the world.
0: <laughs> I like that you said that in a sing song voice and it made up for the fact that I didn't know what it meant.
3: <laughs> I said it in my slightly
4: David Bowie
0: voice. <laughs> US have you got a guess on this one? It, it was
4: overpaid, overworked, and oversexed?
0: Overpaid, oversexed, and
2: over here. And over here. Herman's Hermits. It was Herman's Hermits on their first tour of Britain. They were on $10 million a concert. And in their rider, they had to have 50 British virgins uh, in their dressing room.
3: Which is impossible. Yeah. Impossible, but necessary. It must have just been children.
2: All jokes aside, as everyone
4: knows, the answer is the Apollo 11 astronauts. <laughs>
0: The correct answer is American G.I.s in World War II. In fact, there was so much intercountry banging that the United States government issued troops with a poster campaign, the slogan of which was, you can't beat the Axis if you get V.D. My only... <laughs> My only disappointment Catchy. is that that didn't catch on in the same way that "Keep Calm and Carry On" did, <laughs> because I would totally go to Etsy and buy a "You Can't sure. Beat the Axis" if you get
2: VD poster.
1: I think what threw me isn't on... that
2: how Canada was formed. Canada was formed through <laughs> the children of the uh, breeding between the British and Americans in the war.
1: I think what threw me on that was the overpaid, which is not an oft heard uh, descriptor of soldiers these days. Yeah, the
4: so-called greatest generation, <laughs> those millionaires. But they were
3: paid in a lot of chewing gum, I believe, <laughs> which was highly valuable at the time.
5: <laughs> Craig, what's our next question? The next question is in the 2010 film The Special Relationship, who starred as Tony Blair and Bill Clinton?
2: Go. UK. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> um,
5: it- <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking
0: of a vampire in Harlem. <laughs> so, anyway, what's oh, that right. movie? <laughs> Brooklyn. i easily confused. Uh,
4: Phelps, can we take a guess? <laughs> yes. Uh, it was, of course, Michael Sheen, the only actor I was who's say Michael ever Sheen, allowed because he's to worse. play Tony Blair. And. Uh, Dennis Quaid as Steve Martin as Bill Clinton. If you see him in that movie, he looks it took me forever. I'm watching a thing like, who does he remind me of? It's not Bill Clinton. And I realized, oh, it's kind of like doing Steve Martin.
0: Are you are you just saying that because he wore that arrow through his head through the whole thing? Right,
1: and then he gave up politics for the banjo? That's
5: right. Craig, what's our next question? That's absolutely correct. Okay, the greatest of all U.S.-U.K. political alliances is, of course, The Muppet Show. But why was the U.K. version of The Muppet Show different to the U.S.'s?
3: Gold. Yes, U.K. Because it was sexually explicit. (laughs) (laughs) It was disgusting. (laughs) I been. it was wonderful.
4: Phelps. Yeah, U.S. They only did six episodes. (laughs) <laughs> oh. Was it
2: because if you play it backwards, it contains messages in praise of Satan?
1: <laughs> I think it's that the uh, the grumpy uh, gentleman in the box uh, was in fact just the entirety of the British population, <laughs> judging the American Muppets. <laughs>
0: Was that what it was? You're both incorrect. (laughs) It was two minutes longer in the U.K. due to their shorter (laughs) ad breaks.
4: But the the extra two minutes was just the Muppets sitting around smoking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was backstage footage. (laughs) Um, Well, Craig, I sure appreciate you coming on International Waters. It was really a delight. Thanks for... Well, you know, thanks for graciously accepting that career advice that's going to make you an international super celebrity. I'm
5: going out with my gun tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Craig Brown's new book is called Hello, Goodbye, Hello, A Circle of 101 Remarkable Meetings, or in the UK, 101. Uh, Thank you, Craig. Thank you very much. So with a score of 20 to 19, the U.K. barely holding the lead, we come now to the final round. The winner of this round will receive 1,000 points, (laughs) thus rendering
4: all of the past rounds irrelevant. Why did we just do this one?
0: (laughs) Well, you have to build some drama to build drama for It's a metaphor for life. (laughs) I read that McKee book, but I'm not sure if I understand how to build drama. You have to have a... I know you have to do lap swimming in the middle.
3: That's a triathlon.
0: (laughs) It's just like in that film, The Usual Suspects, when you find out it's all that one guy making it up anyway, so he might as well have told you about a dream he had. Sure. Oh, spoiler alert. Anyway. (laughs) They've had time. This game is called In Defense. Each team will have 60 seconds to leap to the defense of a cultural force that is widely considered to be bad or weak or sucky. The best defense, as judged by me somewhat arbitrarily, I will admit, will receive the points. Team GB, you're in the lead, 20 to 19, so you will be going first, and you will be defending the Spice Girls. This 90s pop group has proven to be more resilient than some of its peers. They appeared at the Olympic closing ceremonies and have a Broadway musical in the works. You have 60 seconds on the clock. Defend the Spice Girls.
2: Well... uh, Well, I mean, the the Spice Girls really exemplify everything that is great about the human race (laughs) and its uh, refusal to be cowed and defeated by the gifts that nature has given it. (laughs) The the Spice Girls rebelled against all logic that suggested that they probably should have been sectioned at birth and (laughs) strove for fame and fortune through the medium of alleged music. And they (laughs) reached that fame and fortune.
3: And I think that they've done wonders for women because they've shown us that we can be one of five different personality types.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> four more than there ever were before, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is four
3: more. So the yeah. choice is, is phenomenal. Um, and and I am sporty, uh, which obviously <laughs> translates as lesbian. <laughs> um, and, you know, that means that one in five women can be, a, can be a lesbian now. And before the 1990s, that just wasn't possible.
2: The Spice Girls, for me, they're like, uh, you know, the great members of Team GB from the past, Shakespeare... Um, J. M. W. Turner, the painter; Aristotle, a British philosopher. Oh, yes. <laughs> They're all he rolled in, all rolled into one, and uh, put in ill-fitting clothes. <laughs> that's, that's time.
0: A compelling argument. I particularly enjoyed the idea that the Spice Girls were what allowed people to be publicly lesbian. Um, <laughs> U.S., you'll be defending playboy magazine once a bastion of countercultural ideas jazz criticism and gentlemanly sophistication this once great magazine is now a bastion for soft porn and gadget guides uh you have 60 seconds please defend playboy magazine ladies and gentlemen
4: here in this country we have a rich (laughs) if it please the court please you're cutting into my time uh, there's a wonderful tradition here in, uh, in suburban areas of America, which is somebody has a stash of porn magazines in the woods somewhere that all the neighborhood kids know about, and they're usually playboys, and this is a wonderful introduction to uh, pre-adolescent uh, boys and girls. Uh, to what the uh, the the female form looks like, um, and it's it's a, it, it, because Playboy is the mildest pornography available. It's it's a wonderful way for kids to uh, to get a look at what they're in for.
1: <laughs> and speaking of kids, I would also say that first of all, it's a Chicago-based company, so I, I gotta love it there. And then second of all, um, if. The Playboy magazine had never been founded. Uh, we would never have had uh, the Anna Ferris vehicle, The House Bunny. Now, as you <laughs> know, the movie The House Bunny was the first film that really launched Emma Stone's career. Emma Stone, uh, through her bit in that film, garnered enough attention and political acclaim and, uh, and, uh, and beauty, um, <laughs> oft accepted throughout the... A country that she was given her own uh, starring role in the movie *The Help*, which solved racism <laughs> here in America, yeah, exactly. and thus secured the re-election in 2012 of uh, President Barack Obama. So I would argue <laughs> that had Playboy never been founded, uh, we would not uh, be defeating uh, Romney Ryan in 2012.
0: Well said. Well, those are two very compelling arguments. Um, The idea that the Spice Girls helped worldwide women classify themselves. The (laughs) idea that not only does Playboy introduce young people to the female form, the classical beauty of the female form. (laughs) The
3: classical photoshopped beauty (laughs) of the (laughs) female form.
0: But also indirectly solved racism. I have to say that as much as I appreciate the contributions of the Spice Girls, I think the US team takes this one home. Oh, yes. One oh, thousand points. I hope
3: we can Yeah,
1: did you for hear that? Finally
0: proving for <laughs> finally proving that the That problem... was them
3: slapping a minority.
1: <laughs> Actually that was that was the spanking of somebody watch uh, looking at a Playboy. That's what that
0: was. Yeah, I mean I think I think at the end of the day. Um, anything which allows us to learn the lesson that white people hold the key to all of the world's good mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is important, and that's why uh, I'm giving 1,000 points to the U.S. who will take this one home. All 1,019 right. to the U.K.'s. 20.
4: Thank you, Jesse. You are a brave Close. white person indeed. <laughs> so,
0: you should meet my friend, Mr. Morgan Freeman. So, for this week at least, the United States is the best country in the whole wide world of the countries that were competing on this program. Perhaps they can celebrate by adding another flavor to Bud Light, like, I don't know, bacon, chives, maybe chives.
4: Bacon th- and chives. Yeah, bacon and chives. Sure, they go together. What, who, who, wants just, who wants just a chive-flavored thing?
0: <laughs> sour it's cream, like a bacon, at and lunch. chive.
4: Can it be crinkle cut? <laughs> crinkle cut Bud <cut>, Light. <laughs> crinkle cut <laughs> Bud Deep Light. Deep dish.
2: Crinkle cut <laughs> bacon and chive Bud Light <laughs> with sour go cream. What about with some mustard in? Chuck a bit of mustard in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how very British of you. Exactly. <laughs> you think French you can mustard, throw though. a little mustard into everything? Why don't, don't we just pour vinegar all over it? No, Where's your brown sauce drink. now? <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you to Cameron Esposito, uh Paul F. Tompkins, Andy Zaltzman, oh, I... Naja Kamal, uh yeah. that's this week's International Waters. Goodbye, gang. Bye. Bye. Oh. <laughs> You've been listening to International Waters with me, your host Jesse Thorne, playing with Cameron Esposito and Paul F. Tompkins for the US, Andy Saltzman and Naja Kamal for the UK with special guest Craig Brown. The script was written by Jordan Morris and Sarah Morgan. Our theme tune USA vs. White Noise by Ladytron, thanks to them for letting us use it. International Waters was engineered at Max Fun HQ in Hollywood, California by Nick White with help from Lindsay Pavlis and over at Guildfree free post in London by Chris Morris. Our producer, Mr. Colin Anderson. We'll talk to you next time on International Waters.